Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to Connecting the Dots podcast with Amy Whitson. Really glad you can join me today. Um, it's a really special topic as uh, we head in just a couple of weeks away from Mother's Day. Uh, my mother has been uh, on my heart and uh, wanted to just share a little bit with you guys today. And uh, as the podcast title says, introduce you to Grandma Cheryl. Part of what really made me um, focus on my mom is I just finished an incredible book um, called Hiding the Light. And if you've never read it, um, I would very much encourage you to. And as I read this young woman's amazing story and her faith journey um, and how her mother literally spit in her face when she converted to Christianity, uh, my heart just broke for this young girl who just wanted her mom's acceptance. And as I read through and reflected just the torment and abuse um, that this young woman lived through in her home and the incredible faith it took um, to step out and to acknowledge that what she had been taught in her home all those years um, was not truth and, and that she did turn her life over to Christ. And it just made me reflect on the incredible childhood that I had and the wonderful parents um, that God gave me. And so I just want to introduce you, and the reason I label it as Grandma Cheryl is uh, my my oldest son, Jacob, um, from the time he was a little boy, he had a mole on his hand um, in the exact same spot that my mom did. And because my mom died before my son was ever born, I would always tell him, you know, that's a reminder to you that you are Grandma Cheryl's legacy. And um, even to this day, he'll still point to it and remind me that he knows um, that mole on his hand is just like his grandmother Cheryl's. Um, my story begins, you know, like most of you guys, I grew up in, uh, you know, suburban middle-class, uh, America, a very spoiled girl. I didn't even realize how so, and it's funny, even now, as, as I share with you guys reading books today, um, I realized that how I grew up, um, was actually not the norm and it makes me really sad, uh, because my mom was our, uh, children's director at church and my dad taught Sunday school, um, and they would read me stories, and when I would fall asleep in front of the TV, my dad would scoop me up and tuck me into bed and pray over me, and uh, I knew I was cherished and I was loved. And I will say, my uh, my parents made it very easy for me um, to know God and to believe in a God of love, because they exemplified that every day in our home. And you know, we may have had spam for dinner or fried bologna for lunch, uh, but. You know, I never realized how much overtime my dad had to work when I was a kid in the 80s so I could have a, a glamorous pair of guest jeans. Um, I was very, very fortunate that uh, as a very young girl at seven years old, um, I remember sitting up in my bed and, and just having that moment of, wait a second, I can't go to sleep until I get this whole Jesus thing figured out. And, you know, I, I would say the little prayer we all did before we bet, went to bed as kids, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I remember thinking that and I'm like, huh? I'm like, I repeated it, but I don't know that I really understood it. And uh, I remember yelling for my mom to come in my room when I was about seven. And I just started to tell her, you know, I don't think I can sleep. You know, I, I heard what the pastor said at church today and I need to make sure that I clearly understand, you know, who the person Jesus is and is he really God? Um, and my mother, uh, in her very gracious way, you know, led me down what I like to call the Roman road, the book of Romans, and uh, explained to me that, you know, we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God um, was that he put on skin and he came to earth in the person of Jesus and went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sin and explained that in a very seven-year-old way that I could digest at that time. And I remember my mother said, would you like to pray and receive Christ and, and put your trust and your faith in him so you can go back to sleep? And I said, yes, that sounds great, mom. And I remember we prayed and I remember my mom looked at me and, you know, carefully pulled my hair on either side of my face and said, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and it can never be erased. 
And I've held that truth um, very near and dear that despite all of my stupidity from seven to uh, almost 46, that uh, you know I have certainly many, many times over, um, God has had to show me lots of mercy and grace, but that uh, my name is never going to be erased from his book because Jesus wrote it in his blood. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for, you know, a loving mother who, you know, pushed me and always expected me to be my best. Um, my childhood, like I said, was kind of like, you know, the Cosby show, if you will. I mean, it was, you know, the 1980s version. It was uh, a very, a very good way to grow up. It uh, all ended abruptly one day. Um, my, uh, we'd gone to church like any other Sunday. We had gone to, to buy groceries and... Um, I don't remember a lot. I just remember my parents had taken a nap and my mom had gotten up and I was about to head out for a bike ride and my dad and my brother were playing catch in the front yard and I remember yelling for my mom to stop and wait for me. Um, something that I will never forget and something that I have often regretted. Um, but she did like she always did and I jumped on my bike and I rode with her and we were just kind of cruising around close by our neighborhood, probably weren't a mile from home. And uh, my mom asked me where I wanted to go. And I said, hey, let's go see my friend Shauna. Let's go see what's going on with her. And uh, as we were kind of cruising around uh, the neighborhood, we, uh, we were driving towards my friend Shauna's house. And a little old man, um, later I found out, had gone to the stop and go to just get some drinks. And uh, he was making a left as we were crossing the street. And it's not really funny, but kind of funny that I remember my mom chiding me before for, you know, darting out and, and going too fast. And, um, you know, told me to be careful and told me she loved me. Little did I know that was the last thing she would ever say to me on this side of heaven. Um, as we were crossing the street to get to my friend's house, this old man turned and um, he passed me and he hit my mom and uh, he didn't see her. And she, you know, he slammed on the brakes and she flew off of his car and it was the 80s. We weren't wearing bicycle helmets. Um, as I thought about this podcast and tried to remember, you know, I think some of it, God has protected me from not being able to remember um, I do remember that I had so much adrenaline that I threw my bike like it was, you know, a toy car um, across a field and, uh, you know, we didn't have cell phones. So I ran to a house and banged on the door and begged them to call 911. Um, I do remember screaming. I think I stood there and screamed for just a minute because my mom was on the street and she was not responsive and I was scared to move her because a couple of summers earlier, my um, uncle had had a near fatal um, ac swimming accident where he broke his neck and all I could think to myself is, what if I move her and she's paralyzed? Um, so I ran and, and called for help, and I don't know how much time passed before, um, you know, ambulances, police cars, fire truck, and, and before long, a care flight had landed, which was never a good sign. Um, I remember my mom had on her yellow believer size uh, shirt, and I remember them cutting it off of her. I do remember them doing the paddles and trying to resuscitate her, um, and I'm pretty sure she was already gone. Um, I just kept feverishly telling everyone she had asthma because, you know, in that moment, that really mattered. <laughs> but in my little 13-year-old brain, um, you know, I thought they might need to know that. Um, I just remember being distraught because her glasses had fallen off of her face and I knew she wouldn't be able to see. And I just kept thinking in my mind, I don't want her to have an asthma attack, which it was far beyond that. Um, as they loaded her up to care flight her to a hospital in Fort Worth, um, you know, I feverishly started asking people, you know, can I ride in the helicopter? No. Can I ride in the ambulance? No. Can I ride? Can the police give me a ride to follow my mom to the hospital? No, no, no. And I wasn't that far from home that I couldn't have walked. It was probably a little more than a mile. Um, but I knew I couldn't get back on my bike at that moment. I was far too terrified. And um, a, a man showed up and asked me if I needed a ride. And again, I had been taught, you know, <laughs> stranger danger. I knew better than to say yes. But in that moment, um, and again, I don't know if he was just a good Samaritan or an angel. I don't even remember telling the man where I lived. Um, but a lot of that is splotchy, so I could have. 
Um, but he drove me home and uh, helped me to tell my dad and my brother what had happened. Um, and I believe he even, my dad told me he drove us to the hospital, which I honestly don't even recall. Um, but we got to the hospital and it wasn't long after that. I think the thing I remember most about that was uh, my mom's mom, my grandmother wailing uh, in the room after they had told us that my mom had gone to be with the Lord. I don't think I'd ever seen my grandfather at that point cry, um, which was my mom's father. And I, I mean, even now as I think about it, it chokes me up. Um, <laughs> like thinking about him bawling like that is <laughs> still gets me. Um, anyway, needless to say, the next uh, few days were a huge blur. I remember the next day, actually, I woke up and I thought I had dreamed everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the worst dream I ever had. Um, and as I was walking down the hall uh, to my parents' bedroom and like stepping over people, you would have thought that maybe would have clued me in that you know normally people didn't just sleep everywhere in our house. Um, but we had lots of guests staying there to help us. And um, as I opened my parents' door, I opened and saw my dad laying there alone in the king-size bed. And um, I knew it hadn't been a dream. And the course of the next few days, you know, burying my mom and going to her funeral and you know, I'll never forget my uh, my mom's brother, my sweet uncle Maurice, who is now in heaven as well. Um, you know, chewing the the limo driver out because he drove the path uh, of where my mom had been killed. And you know, my uncle's like, "Don't I told you not to drive this way?" And you know, everyone was being super sensitive, which was appreciated. But um, I, I think the kind of one of the things that I remember most about those next few days was I did remember, and I'll, I'll take you back probably about a year before my mom died. Um, we were in church one Sunday morning and uh, we were singing a familiar hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And my mom, for whatever reason, wasn't singing in the choir, which was very odd because she was normally on the stage or singing in the choir. And she squeezed my arm and she said, you promise me right now that this song will be sung at my funeral. And I'm like, okay, you're like 32, I'm 12. Maybe someday I'll write that down in your last will and testament. But you know, mom, she squeezed my arm and gave me that serious look like I was going to be in big trouble. And she looked over and she said, no, right now you promise me, Amy Jennifer. And you know, when your mom uses your middle name, it's getting serious. So I said, yes, ma'am, I promise, I promise. Um, and so certainly uh, about a year later, um, her really good friend, Rob, uh, who was our choir director at church, sang that song at her funeral. And uh, fortunately, they uh, listened to me and I was like, hey, I made this promise. We got to make sure this is sung. Um, and I will say that song certainly has been a lifeline to me many, many times um, when I have missed her greatly and uh, needed her in this crazy journey. I've walked on from 13 to, to 45. Um, that song still brings tremendous comfort because I know that the words of that song literally were how she felt, that despite whatever happens, um, it is well with my soul. And uh, strangely enough, my dad and I've talked about it now that I'm an adult. Um, my mom had had a knot removed from her back probably two or three years before she died. Um, and she, I think, thought it was going to turn into cancer. And again, I won't know until I get to heaven. Um, but she had been praying and asking God to take her quickly and not to let her go through pain and treatments, etc. And one of the things my dad and I have talked about a lot is, you know, wondering, you know, did God allow that to happen? And was what happened actually an answer to her prayer? And I know that may sound strange to people, and but I believe that God loves her enough to not let her have to suffer because years later, um, her brother, my uncle Maurice, um, did suffer and die from cancer. And, you know, I wonder if he didn't, um, allow her to not have to walk that same walk. I, re I remember my uncle with radiation and not being able to eat and, and what a miserable time that was for him. And, uh, you know, thinking back to it as well with my soul is that, you know, my mother always taught me good, bad, or indifferent, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
And I thank God that I had a mother that, that laid that foundation for me that despite all of my teenage angst and ignorance and running away from home and, and doing all the crazy things, I still apologize to my dad on the regular, just for the record here, um, about that season. But, you know, I'm so thankful that I had that time and I know that no matter what mistakes I made or no matter what I did, even to this day, um, my dad will still always pick up the phone and my dad still loves me. And, and as I read that book that I shared in the beginning, my heart ached for that young woman who didn't have that circle of love here. Um, and I, I'm so fortunate that I did, but I think what I want to share more than anything, um, obviously in honoring, you know, my mom this mother's day, but is that if you didn't have that, and if you don't have that, that what this young girl, uh, in the hiding light found was that God was her refuge and that he was there for her and he was guiding and he loved her. And despite everything else and how her family and even, you know, friends at school treated her, that God loved her and that that's truly what mattered and that everything else was secondary, even a good, godly, wonderful family. And it just really incredibly spoke to me, her story. And then it also just reminded me that despite the struggles I've had to walk from that day I watched my mom die to, you know, now being a grown woman with a, a young adult special needs child, it certainly wasn't the cozy path I would have selected for myself. But how blessed I am to live in a free country where I can freely go to worship and 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 choose to be a Christ follower and no one is going to murder me or, or turn me over to, you know, a group of people to stoned me to death because I've made bad choices and I'm so grateful for that grace and that mercy and that love in my life. And I want to share with you guys, um, just kind of in wrapping this up, um, I'm very fortunate that my mom, uh, did sing a lot in our church and keep in mind, this was the eighties and this is for those of you who are young, it's on a cassette tape. <laughs> so it's not the greatest quality. Um, but as we wrap this up, I just want you guys, um, to meet grandma Cheryl as the title of this podcast and hear her sing herself. This was from a Sunday in the 1980s um, at our little Baptist church in Watauga, Texas. And uh, this song, and of all the ones that I have managed to save, or it was given from our church of her singing, um, this one probably speaks to me the most because the words of this song are my mom's testimony. And I can still hear her speaking to me from the other side of heaven saying, you tell the world that you're a Christian. You tell the world that Jesus died for you. You tell the world that he is a good God who loves you and who loves them. And the only thing that has eternal value in this whole world are people. And on the other side of this world is a God who loves us and who died for us and who wants you to be there, but he is not going to force you. You can make that reservation in heaven forever. All you have to do is receive the free gift that Christ died to give you. And so as I play um, the song of my mom singing in the 80s again, forgive the poor quality, um, but roll with me here and uh, enjoy Meet My Mom. Um, this is Cheryl Grimm um, coming at you with Tell the World That You're a Christian.
well, it was my pleasure to introduce you guys um, to my mom. And it's funny when I hear her sing, it cracks me up because uh, she wanted us so badly to be the Judds, you know, the next mother-daughter duo to, to take Nashville by storm. But unfortunately, this Judd is tone deaf <laughs> and uh, I can't sing uh, with her angelic tone. Um, and I know she's singing with the angels now. And uh, as I was listening to that, I was thinking about her and her mother, my grandmother, laughing together and uh, how I long to hear them chuckle on the other side of glory. Um, but until then, we stay here and uh, we connect the dots, hopefully for others. And uh, we share their stories of faith and hope and love. And uh, I hope this Mother's Day, um, you're honoring your mom. I hope in some small way, uh, my mom is smiling from heaven. Be blessed, friends. Happy Mother's Day.